0: Good morning everybody. Welcome to Living Hope, to all of you who are gathered here in the room, all of you joining us online. Sorry for the little hiccup we had there. Uh, It's a bad thing when the plug falls out of the, uh, the power strip, we found out, you have to plug things back in, so we're glad that you're joining us, and uh, glad that you all are here in the room, we're seeing some of you back that haven't been back in the room for a while, you've been on the other side of that camera, and now you're right here, so it's good to see you, we like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long, long time, the Lord be with you, see this is the beauty, beautiful thing about this, is that the Lord really is with us. And uh, that's my prayer every time we gather together for worship, is that we will sense the Lord's presence with us, meeting us right here, right where we live. So let's bow our heads and let's pray to him as we begin. Heavenly Father, thank you that uh, you meet us right here in the midst of all the the busyness, the chaos, the fear, the, the joy, everything that we have going on inside of our minds and hearts and lives in our world. God, you meet us right here, right now, and you invite us to bring all that we have to you, <laughs> to, to present you with the good, the bad, the ugly and God, you know, with the things going on in the world right now, we're especially thinking of our brothers and sisters over in Ukraine and, and what they're going through right now. God, with all of this that's happening, we, um, we are so grateful that you're not a distant God uh, who, who doesn't see, who doesn't notice, who doesn't care. We are so thankful that you're a God who is present with us in the midst of our need, in the midst of life. So today, would you help us to, to center our hearts and our thoughts on you, to lift up to you all that we bring with us today, trusting that you will receive our thanks and our praise, trusting that you will, uh, will answer our cries for help with your grace, with your love, with your power. God, we're trusting that through the songs we sing and the prayers we pray, the scriptures we read, and, and even as we gather together uh, at the table of our Lord Jesus, God, we are trusting that in all that we do, that we'll have a chance to connect with you, that you will meet us here. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, if you're here in the room with us, if you're interested and able, let's stand, and let's sing as we begin.
1: of the mountain is the God of the valley have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. You've turned for me my mourning into dancing. You've put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. strong but, but grace, grace is found is bound. It's bound. where
2: Now, I would read to you a psalm of worship and adoration to the Lord. You can be seated. Um, But this morning, as, and I know I'm not the only one, our hearts are heavy for our brothers and sisters in Europe, especially in Ukraine, as they're facing what they're facing today. And speaking as a a mom of a, a service member, I can't help but think of the moms and dads, and husbands and wives, and children who don't know what today brings or tomorrow brings. Some of us in the United States who have loved ones in the military don't know what today or tomorrow brings. And so I wanted to share with you a Psalm this morning that is a Psalm that I pray for my own son when he's deployed in overseas and I know he's in harm's way. So let me share this with you if you will. And it's Psalm 27, not the whole thing, but certain parts. And it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I I will remain confident, for he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. And with every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Please join me as we pray this morning. Lord, our hearts truly are heavy. And Lord, while we want more than anything to praise you and worship you, give you all the adoration that you deserve, you alone deserve, Lord. Our our prayers, Lord, are more like more like lamenting and yearning and longings and, and groanings in our spirit this morning, Father. So Lord, I just pray that you will hear our hearts as we gather here this morning. Hear those concerns, hear those worries, hear those heartaches. For our own people as well as people, your people, people that you love, people who bear your image, Lord, on both sides of the conflict right now in Europe. Be with every one of them, Lord. Keep people safe. Move in the hearts of the leaders who would, who would seek to overrun and overcome an entire nation with evil. And then, Lord, for those of us here, some of us, we have so much of our own stuff that's happening, that it's hard, to be, it's hard to be concentrating on what's happening in the rest of the world. But, Lord, you know our need, our each and every need, better than we do. You know what it's going to take to fill that need. You know what it's going to take. And, Father, we ask you to move in each and every circumstance. And at the same time, Father, we thank you and we praise you for your so very many blessings you have truly been so good to us better than we could ever deserve better than we could ever even ask and so father I just pray for your um, for your blessings to pour out here in this place for the people who will watch this service now or l- later on Lord for the people that we love for the people we don't know Lord Thank you for inviting us into your presence this morning. Thank you for being a God who hears us, who knows us, and who knows exactly what's happening so that we don't have to bear the burden of worry because you have already and already are working to redeem every situation in our lives and in our world. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We give you all the glory for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you. you. All right, well, Pastor Rich is good. (laughs) Pastor Rich is going to come and share some announcements and then bring us the word.
0: Thank you very much, Pastor Judy, and thank you, musicians for leading us this morning. Um, I have an apology to make you guys were very, very quiet for the first half of the first song for everybody watching online because I didn't push a button. So sorry, out there, again, we had somebody texting me saying, "We can't hear them at all. What happened? Um, do, do you guys want this phone? There's a phone right here. Does somebody want it? Probably I'm guessing. All right, there you go. I just didn't want it going off and, and have me to have no idea what to do with it, so um, hey um, If uh, hopefully you grab one of these on your way in, and it's got some notes for this morning's message, and right up at the top of it, you can see that uh, we would love to connect with you. Uh, If you're here in the room, obviously, you can just go back to the back there. There's some little green cards. You can jot a note on them. Say that, uh, hey, I was with you, hey, hey, appreciated this, or didn't appreciate that, or please pray for this, or please, you know, thank God with me for this. Uh, Let us know how we can be praying for you, thanking God with you, celebrating with you, uh, weeping with you. Uh, we would just love to connect and to know what's going on. And uh, if you're joining us online, you can go to livinghope.info slash connect. You can fill out a digital version of that little connect card. And, uh, and you can also give online, livinghope.info slash give. I did put in your notes and up on the screen, we've got a, a link to uh, Nazarene Compassionate Ministries. It's ncm.org. If you type that in and then slash Ukraine, it'll take you right to their I forget, like Northern Eurasia Emergency Fund or something. But if you go to ncm.org, it's Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, uh, right there you'll see a place you can click uh, to give, to help. Um, I'm, I'm so glad to be part of this global family of God. You know, and part of that, we're a part of that family as the Church of the Nazarene. Uh, we have missionaries, people serving, pastors right there in Ukraine. Uh, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you might have seen the last few days. Uh, I was sharing some things that others had shared with me. Uh, a pastor who serves right there in. You're supposed to say it Kiev, Kyiv, right? No? Okay, Kiev. Uh, <clears throat> my brain is still from growing up back in, back in the day pronouncing differently. A pastor serving right there, giving first-hand accounts of what it's like and uh, sleeping in the shelter and trying to take care of uh, elderly members of their congregation who can't travel easily and trying to help them get to safe places. If you would like, uh, you know, we've got brothers and sisters serving right there right now, and that's what Nazarene Compassionate Ministries does is they funnel money that we give right now they can just funnel that directly to people who are on the front lines helping people and make sure that 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 they have the resources that they need so if you would like to give to that in addition to giving your prayers uh, that's one thing you can do and uh, and if you would like to know like from some first-hand accounts how to be praying you know, there you can find me on Facebook, and uh, and it's right there. The last few days, you have to skip past the Wordle games and that kind of stuff, but in there somewhere, uh, the last couple of days is uh, stuff shared from the the pastor and the district superintendent over there in, in Kiev. Uh, today we're going to have a. a An all church meeting right after this service, so you guys are in the right place at the right time. Just when we get done at 10 o'clock, don't take off right away, and uh, we'll do our best to keep the cameras rolling and keep the sound on uh, so that folks online can join us as well. But it's just an update on how we're doing as a church. Uh, You get a copy of the church budget for the year, you get a chance to vote for the church board for the coming year, and and hear about some other, some changes that are going to be happening here in this room, and uh, some things coming up this year. So if you'd like to be a part of that, it happens right after the service, as close to 10 o'clock as we can, uh, as we can make it. Uh, we are still, through the end of February, collecting bras for Free the Girls. Uh, free the Girls.org has more information about that. If you want to learn more, uh, if you saw on your way in, we've got seven totes full of bras so far, plus a bunch of them in that drop-off thing. Uh, it's going to end up being eight or nine totes full that we'll end up driving up to Chesterton to the warehouse to get sorted and and shipped to women who are uh, gonna use those. They sell them, as you guys know, but some folks might not. Uh, Women who are escaping from sex trafficking have a chance then to sell those bras and to have income. They they start little businesses there in their communities and they're working with uh, organizations right there on the ground in three or four different countries now. And uh, so if you would like to donate new or used bras, or if you haven't had a chance to ask your friends for their bras, you, you still have time. All right, and then I hope that on the way out, you will grab this book. It's called These 40 Days, and um, uh, we've got plenty of them out there. This is to help us journey through the season of Lent, which starts this Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. Uh, so if you would like to do this, got a little daily reading, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about where that's taken us. Um, well, actually, no, I'll just say right now where it's taken us. The first few days, Wednesday to Saturday, uh, we're going to be reading some scriptures along with uh, churches around the world. Uh, we're looking back to some of the prophets and their calls to, to people to fast, to pray, and then uh, starting next Sunday for five weeks, we're going to be looking at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And each day you walk through another little bit of it. There's some reflection. There's some prayer. There's some, there's some questions. And, uh, and I think you'll find this hugely helpful. Uh, so I hope that you'll grab it on the way out. We have plenty. So please take them. And, um, and then, oh, and I, I need to remember to say today, which I've forgotten. The last two weeks, I keep meaning to say this and keep forgetting, next week. Starts another family promise week. One week from tonight, we will have a family with kids uh, here that we'll be sheltering overnight each night of the week. That that week, March 6 to 12. Yes, March 6 to 12. So, if you would like to help, if you would like to bring dinner one night, if you would like to come and stay the night, we need a volunteer who will just sleep in the other room while the family sleeps in their room. Uh, I think they're going to be here from like 5:30 till 7:30, 5:30 in the evening or 7:30 in the morning. So. Several of you did this this last time when we did it um, a couple months ago, and so if you'd like to do it this time, let me know. We're going to fill up the schedule real quick with uh, people bringing meals and people coming to stay the night, so if you'd like to help, um, let me know, and that's one way that we can care about some of our neighbors who don't have a place to be right now and need a safe place to be uh, inside out of the weather. All right. Is there something else? I don't think I have anything else on the screen, do I? No? Uh, That's probably all I needed to say, Um, unless there's some other announcement I forgot. I don't, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Okay, good. Uh, then we'll get, into, we'll get into the message. Um, any of you uh, excited about a trip or anything? Do, you, do you ever, any of you get excited to travel? You like to, you've got a trip coming up, like, yeah? Nobody else likes to travel. Everyone else is like, nope, I'd just as soon stay home the rest of my life. No, how many of you, how many of you get excited and you have the chance to take a trip? I'm just, just, okay, that's what I thought, all right, yeah, um, it's great, usually that trip involves like fun, right, you're going on a vacation or something, you're going to someplace fun, or you're going to get to go see some people that you care about and love and haven't seen in a while, and uh, uh, I still remember the commercials uh, for Disney, was it Disney World or Disneyland or whatever, and the, the little kids, you know, like the night before, how they're, they're I think the sister says to the brother, I'm, I'm too excited to sleep. You know, she just can't go to sleep because they're getting ready to go to take this trip to Disney World. And um, I know we've got a couple of trips coming up this year that we're excited about. Chances to show our boys places they haven't been before and, and, uh, and to get to back together with some family um, that we don't want really to get to see about once a year. Um, anybody have a favorite way to travel on your trips? You know, you could fly, you could drive, you could take a train. Anybody have a favorite way to, to go? Car, airplane, what did what did I hear over here? Motorcycle. motorcycle, yeah. You guys like to hop on the bike? Yeah. Just bicycle? Yeah. Can't go too far, but yeah, you can go for a while. Well, you could if you really wanted to. Back roads. You like to? Why do you like to take the back roads, AC? Because been coast to coast, all the way up to the Yeah. Back roads, coast to coast. Yo, you like to meet people. I'm am shocked that you like to meet people as you're traveling, AC. I can't I can't believe that. Oh. <laughs> Rickshaw. Oh. There, there are lots of ways to travel, and some of you mentioned like you like to fly, maybe just because you can't get to the place you want to go without flying, uh, or maybe you just would rather get to the destination. Others of you, like AC, just mentioned you know he'd rather take the back roads, meet interesting people, see interesting things. You know there are lots of different ways to travel, and and uh, thankfully you know we have options when it comes to that. Um, I'm excited about a journey that we're gonna take. This is gonna seem really like, oh, I can't believe you tried to make that segue. I'm excited about this trip that we're taking through the season of Lent. Honestly, this 40-day journey, because uh, not only does it get us to a good place, but the journey there, uh, on the way there, I think is gonna be a hugely helpful one if you will engage with it. If you just cruise through these next few weeks like, like everything's normal and nothing's different and you don't change anything about your life, uh, I mean, life could still be good, you know, God is still good, God is faithful, he'll hear your prayers, all that. But if you engage with this, this journey, uh, starting Wednesday, taking you all the way through Easter Sunday, uh, if, you, if you read the little daily devotional things, I know some of you maybe uh, in the season of Lent, you decide you like to give up something, right? You give up something for Lent, maybe you have a, a fasting practice that you engage in, where you skip a meal a certain day of the week, or uh, um, maybe you fast from a certain item of food or activity or something that you enjoy to make space in your life to listen for the voice of God and just to dedicate a little extra time to, to hearing from God and being with God. Um, or maybe you don't do any of that. Uh, but if you will go with us on this journey, uh, I think we will, we will enjoy the journey and we'll be pretty pleased with where we end up with it. Um, and we're going to talk about that just a little bit, uh, a little bit today. One group in the Bible who was uh, very excited about the trip that they had in front of them was the people of Israel. If you go, go all the way back to the, the book of Exodus, right? you got Genesis, and by the end of Genesis, um, the people of God have made their way to Egypt to escape a famine, and by the time the book of Exodus starts, the people have been enslaved by Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Uh, they had become numerous, and Pharaoh was afraid that they might join with their enemies if there were any kind of military problem, and so he begins to oppress them and treat them harshly, and get, even getting to the point of, like, genocidally murdering all the male boys that are born. Uh, it's ugly, and the people of God are suffering, and they are eager to, uh, to, for something to change, to, to get out of that situation, and that's when God speaks to Moses, and God says, I've, I've heard the cries of my people. And I've come down to rescue them, so go and, and speak to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. And you, maybe you've read it or maybe you've seen the movies or, or something, but you know that eventually God does all kinds of miraculous things, sends these plagues, and, and eventually Pharaoh says, fine, you can go, get out of here. And, uh, and the people of Israel are on their way from slavery in Egypt to the promised land. Uh, the land of Canaan, back where they had been originally from the book of Genesis, you know, where Abram had set up and Isaac and Jacob and Israel and his kids, where they had lived, they're on their way back to this good land, this promised, this land that God has promised to them. And so they are excited about this trip. I can't imagine a people who would be more excited than people who have been slaves who've seen their children killed and now who are being set free from that and led to a land where they now are going to get to own homes, they're going to get to own land, they're going to get to, it's supposed to be a productive land, they're promised it's a land flowing with milk and honey, there's like, it's, it's um, abundant, you know, it's productive, you know, you plant seeds and things grow there, it's not like the, the, the wilderness, it's not like the desert, this is, a, this is a place where you would want to live. The problem is, between Egypt, and the promised land is, is a journey, is a, is a wilderness that they have to travel through. And it could have been a short trip, relatively short trip. They could have been there pretty quickly. Um, but it doesn't go that way. Some of you know the story. Some of you know that the, the people of Israel didn't do well on their way through the wilderness. They complained. They weren't happy. In fact, it got to the point where sometimes they were saying it would have been better for us to have been, been back in Egypt. Maybe we can go back. At least there, there was food. You know, we don't have food out here. And because they kept complaining, because they weren't trusting God, that God could actually lead them into this land and help them to, to overcome the struggles that would be involved with moving into that land, they end up doing laps in the wilderness for 40 years. God says, if you guys won't trust me, I'll, maybe your kids will. I'll let you guys die in the wilderness, and, and then we'll see. Your kids, I'll lead them in. That's it's not a trip I'd be excited about <laughs> just to be honest with you I'm not much of a wilderness kind of a guy uh, I should have asked that what kind of trips do you like some of you we were just out at the dunes yesterday with the boys uh, and uh, ended up unexpectedly doing the three dune challenge which was fun but uh, <laughs> as a part of that you know we go by the campsites out there up there at the dunes and there were tents set up there were people camping you know it's cold. it's not my idea of a fun time all right we are not tent people Uh, that's not that's not how we travel when we travel we are not we are not you know throw the tent in the backpack and go we are uh, book the hotel or get on the you know Airbnb or Verbo or whatever it was that Stacy was just signing us up for Um, and uh, we we travel more that way you know we're hotel people I guess Um, but these folks it was not uh, it was not a fun trip going through the wilderness and in fact, at the end of the journey, as they're finally about to enter the promised land, we, that, we get that story told in the book of Deuteronomy. So we've got, at the beginning of our Bibles, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the five books of Moses, the Torah, the, the law. And, uh, and in that book, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, uh, as, before they go into the land, Moses says to them, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep his commands. He says there was a purpose to this long, uncomfortable trip, this journey that you were excited about that then took a wrong turn and you became much less excited about. Now that they're on the end of that, he's he's looking back and saying, remember, the Lord your God led you that whole time. God was with you the whole time. He didn't abandon you in the wilderness. He led you to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you'd keep his command. The humbling part is like God was teaching them, look, you can depend on me. You can't just provide for yourselves out here in the wilderness. That's, that's not an option for you. You, know, you can't just go and plant some crops because you're in the wilderness. There's no place to plant those crops. There's no place where crops will grow. So you're going to have to depend on me. And God provides for them like in a daily way. That prayer we pray every Sunday, the Lord's Prayer, that has that line that says, Give us this day our daily bread, points back, perhaps, probably, to the experience of the people of Israel in the wilderness. As God daily uh, rained down this, this manna, this miracle bread, that daily they were fed by God. They are humbled, recognizing, look, we have to depend on you, God. We can't just depend on ourselves to get through. We're depending on you. And testing them just to see, okay, when, when I squeeze you, what comes out? Like a sponge, right? Like a sponge that, that is like full of something, and you have to squeeze it to see what comes out. Is that, is that clean water? Is that dirty water? Is that something else? What, what got soaked up in this sponge? What is, what is inside of you? And God's, Moses is saying to the people that God was testing in order to see what was in your heart. To see what would come out of you when you got squeezed, when things were difficult. Would you keep his commands? Would you trust him or not? Now, if, you, if we keep reading in verse 3, it says, uh, He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Some of you might recognize that, that phrase right there. If not, you will in just a minute. He says he wants you to know you depend on God every step of the way. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart, that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Saying, know that God cares about you enough to want to make sure that you are the person God created you to be. He doesn't just leave you to, to become whoever you might want to be. But God is willing to teach you, to, to depend on him, to teach you, to shape you, to discipline you. So that you can be all, the, all that you're supposed to be, all that you can be, all that he knows you can be. You know, discipline sometimes we see as like a, a, a dirty word or a punishment type of word. You know, like you're disciplining your child for doing something wrong, meaning like they're in timeout or you're spanking them or whatever it is that you do to discipline your child. And, uh, but I think here we're thinking more like in terms of like a disciplined, like think of an athlete. Think of a musician. Think of someone who is skilled and who has gotten there because they were disciplined, right, in, in showing up to practice. And, and making sure as a musician that they practiced and they got feedback and they, they, you know, did their scales or they did, you know, what I don't know what you do as a, as a guitarist. But anyway, that they, you know, that they worked at it until they got good at it. They disciplined themselves. Athletes who show up every day at the gym. That some We've got some folks in our church who now are working out, you know, every day, early morning workouts, you know, because uh, that's what you got to do. If you're going to be in shape for the coming season, that's what you got to do. You got to show up. You got to listen to the coach. You got to use that feedback to, to get better. That's, that's being disciplined. And he's saying, God loves us enough that he's willing to discipline us as his children. Not as some stranger. You know, you don't necessarily discipline your, the, the neighbor's kid, right? <laughs> like if they turn out to be a bad kid, it's like, oh man, that's sad. But you know, I'm not responsible for them. You know, I'm responsible for my kids and, and the kind of person they become and they turn into. I have the opportunities to kind of discipline, shape the way my kids will turn out. And I know I could, you know, do my best and they still could turn out Run, I mean, Hopefully not. You know, we'll, we'll see. Um, if they turn out good, it's probably going to be more due to Stacy's influence than mine. But, um, you know, no parent is in, in total control. You, you parents whose kids have grown, you know, you don't have total control over the, the people they become. Um, but we have an opportunity to, to discipline them, to, to shape them, to help them to grow. And that's what God was doing for his people. As, they were, as, they, as they'd had the humanity beaten out of them as slaves, he's trying to help them understand this is what it means to be human. So let me, let me shape your expectations. Let me shape the way you walk in the world as people who trust me, as people who listen to the, to the words that come from God's mouth, who follow him, who depend on him. A few verses later, it says, He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you, so that in the end it might go well with you. His goal was that by the end of this journey, they would be in a good place. Not just in a good land that's productive and fertile and all that, but that it would go well with them. That they would have learned how to live in the world as a people who listen to the God who made them. Who trust that God knows what he's talking about. Who know that when we face difficult times, we can trust that God will provide what we need to get through it. This is what he wanted for his people, and it's what he wants for us today. See, one of our issues, as Americans in particular, is that we have things pretty good. By and large, we all have a place to stay. We have food on our tables. We have, you know, we have the things that we need. We're able to provide for ourselves and then we, kind of, we can forget that like, we actually are depending on God. If you keep reading, he goes right, right there in the rest of chapter 8. It talks about how when you are well-fed, when you are satisfied there in the land, don't forget God because <laughs> that's our tendency is to forget. That's why uh, people, who are like, who, people who eat well, like me, uh, <laughs> would do well to engage in like, the discipline of fasting during the season of Lent not just for, like, health reasons, but to remind me that, like, you know what, I do depend on God. I don't just depend on myself and what I can provide for myself. I depend on God. I I only have the health that I have to continue to work. I only have the opportunities to work to earn an income. I only have, you know, these things all come from God. I need to make sure I continue to depend on him and not just depend on me, because if I'll allow God to Discipline me as his child, then in the end it will go well with me. Now, one little moment in here. Um, (laughs) Exodus chapter 17 is one of those water from the rock stories. Uh, There there are more than one of these that happened to them. And uh, in Exodus chapter 17, we read the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, fun name, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? Another phrase that we might hear in a moment. But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. Uh, the striking the Nile, in case you don't remember, when they were escaping from Egypt, uh, they're, they're up against the, uh, wait, is that the right moment? The Nile River? That wasn't the Nile, that was later. Anyway, I was thinking about how he made that, uh, he struck the water and it crossed the Red Sea. Um, anyway, this is the staff which God has worked through. You know, when, when Moses has held the staff up, the people have won in, in battle. When, when, and here's another moment where he uses the staff. He says, I'll stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and that's what happens. He, he goes up, he strikes the rock, and psh, water shoots out, and they have water to drink. God provides for them. They were grumbling, but Moses turns to God, and God through Moses, and smacking the stick with a rock, provides them with what, with what they need. Now, If you want later, you can read Numbers 20. Uh, It's, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. As they continue their journey through the wilderness, there's another moment very similar to this where the people have no water. They go to Moses. Moses goes to God, and and God says to Moses, okay, go, take your staff, take the people, go, and in front of the people, speak to the rock, and I'll provide water. And Moses gets up front of the people and gets all kind of full of himself, and instead of speaking to the rock, he smacks it with a stick And maybe because it didn't work the first time, he smacks it again and and then water begins to come out of this rock. Moses fails the test in this moment and Moses himself doesn't end up getting to go into the Promised Land. This wilderness journey was an opportunity for for Moses and for all the people to be tested. Moses as the leader wasn't exempt from this. (laughs) Just like I'm not exempt from joining you on this journey, uh, this Lenten journey toward Easter. We are tested to see what's in our hearts. This is one of the things that God might do for you if you'll engage in this over these next 40 days, is that he might have a chance to reveal to you some things going on in your heart that you, you thought everything was fine, but under the surface there's some stuff that's been needing to be dealt with, some, some people you still haven't forgiven, some attitudes that you have toward people different from you, some, uh, some selfishness, some ugliness of whatever form that God might cause to bubble up to the surface over these next 40 days, these next few weeks, to give you an opportunity to turn from that, to to trust in him, to be forgiven, to end up in a good place so that he he can discipline you, he can shape your life to become better than you were yesterday, better tomorrow, better by Easter than you are right now. Now, this whole Lent uh, 40 days thing uh, is probably, we think the early church had kind of patterned this after the 40 days that Jesus spent uh, in the wilderness, um, after he was baptized. In Matthew chapter 3, he's baptized, and there's a voice from, from God saying, this is my, my son, whom my I love, I'm pleased with him. And immediately after that, in Matthew chapter 4, we read this, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And most Bible scholars say, like, why, why forty days, why forty nights? We think that Jesus, in his time in the wilderness, is kind of, it's kind of like a, well, it's almost like a do-over. <laughs> like the people of Israel had their chance during their forty years in the wilderness, and were tested, and by and large failed. You know, Moses failed. The people of Israel, time and again, tested God and, and, and failed. And and here is Jesus now, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the, the one representing the true Israel coming. To see, like, okay, here's his 40 in the wilderness. 40 days instead of 40 years. So after fasting 40 days and nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He goes back and quotes that verse we just read from Deuteronomy chapter 8. And says, Look, I'm, I'm listening to... What God says to me, I'm listening to my heavenly father. And if he tells me to turn these stones into bread, well, then I'll do it because I'm hungry. But (laughs) but I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to God. I'm depending on him. And it's okay if I'm hungry for a little bit just to remind me of my dependence on him. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. You like stuff that's written, Jesus? Okay, and he quotes one of the Psalms that says, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. I think the idea is, Jesus, here in the capital city in Jerusalem, here at the temple, if you were to jump and all of a sudden angels catch you and lower you gently to the ground, everyone's going to see that you are favored by God, that you're God's own son, that that he's with you. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. We just read that that's what the people of Israel had done. They were putting the Lord to the test as they grumbled against him as they didn't believe he was going to provide for them. When they got a little thirsty, they got angry. And instead of turning to God humbly ready for whatever he was going to provide, they got angry with Moses and quarreled with him. Jesus is determined not to do that. And he quotes Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter 6. It says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. He's like, I'm not going to test God. I'm not going to, I'm not going to force God's hand here. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to Follow where he leads. I know he'll provide. I don't need to test him. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you'll bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Again, quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. So Jesus spends these 40 days in the wilderness fasting, being tested, kind of of a repeat of what the people of Israel had had. He's being humbled. (laughs) He's being tested to see what is in his heart, whether or not he will obey God and trust God. And where we human beings fail the test in Exodus and Numbers, Jesus passes the test, shows that he is, in fact, willing to trust God every step of the way and his ministry begins from that point he goes and begins to proclaim the good news he he goes well a few verses later i put it there in your notes from that time on jesus began to preach repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near the rule of god the reign of god is is coming near is is showing up it's right on the doorstep so we need to repent we need to turn from the ugliness that god reveals that's going on in our hearts we need to we need to turn from that and turn toward him Because he's he's about to start making things right. His rule, his reign, is on its way. And then he begins to call disciples. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. And then he calls a couple of other brothers, and he, you know, he continues this pattern of calling people to come and to follow him. We, we heard last week uh, from Pastor Katie, as she talked about uh, another moment where disciples were, were being called to follow Jesus, or wanting to follow Jesus, and, and we heard about some of the, the difficulty of that. It's not always an easy path to follow Jesus. In fact, we are guaranteed that there will be suffering, there will be difficulty, um, there will be times where we are, we are coming alongside I, I kind of picture like kids in a school where a kid's getting picked on bullied. And there'll be times where, you know, we're called to go and, and stand by the one being bullied. Stand by the one being pushed aside. Stand by the one uh, in solidarity with those who are being oppressed. And to say, look, God is with you and God loves you. And it's going to get you through this. And, and you know, call on others to, to stop their abusive patterns or destructive patterns. If we're going to follow Jesus, it is not going to be an easy road, but it is going to be a good road that takes us to a good place. And in Matthew chapter 4, uh, that leads us right into chapter 5, which begins, now when Jesus saw the crowds, as he has been proclaiming the good news of God's kingdom, as he has been uh, demonstrating that by, by healings, uh, as he's been calling disciples to follow him, crowds have begun to gather. It says, he went up on a mountainside and sat down, his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. And that's what we're going to pick up next Sunday. We're going to spend five weeks going through Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. What are the things that Jesus teaches? And my hope is that we will listen, that we will allow God to discipline us as his children, that we'll allow God to teach us along the way these next few weeks on the road toward Easter. That we will listen to what our Heavenly Father says to us through his Son, Jesus Christ. That we'll listen to the, the promptings of the Holy Spirit as he nudges us and says, this is something you need to deal with. And maybe, maybe we'll find a way to fast or to do something along this way as well that will, that will help us to have more time or more openness to what it is that God wants to say. Um, and if you have questions about that, feel free to shoot them to me. I'd be happy to talk with you about what that could look like. Um, but at the very least, I hope you'll grab a book. <laughs> I hope you'll, hope you'll read it. I hope you show up. I hope you'll listen to the voice of God as he speaks, as Jesus teaches us. What does it look like to follow him in this world? If we'll do this, if we will will listen as he humbles us and tests us, then in the end, it may go well with us. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for me. Uh, Right now, we're going to pray and we're going to celebrate communion together. Before we go, let's bow our heads. Thank you, God. Thank you that when we find ourselves in these wilderness places of life, which some of us have felt like that's where we've been, These last couple of years of pandemic, some of us, for other reasons, have felt ourselves to be in a time of wilderness, a time of of need, a time of thirst, a time of hunger. God, thank you that you are with us and lead us through these times. These times when our faith is tested. These times when we find ourselves humbled. These are not times when you have abandoned us that these are times when, when we have the opportunity to lean into you, to trust you, and to, and to see that you're a God who provides, to see that you're a God who walks with us, to see that you are a God who can bring good even out of the worst circumstances, and you can, you can use these wilderness times in our lives for our good, to discipline us, to shape us into the people you created us to be. God, I pray that for each and every one of us. I pray that you will help us to listen for you speaking that we'll pay attention to your voice because like Jesus said like Moses said in Deuteronomy we don't just live by the food we put in our mouths we live by the words that come from your mouth the things that you say to us you are our source of life God and so I pray that you'd help us to listen to you thank you for this journey that you invite us into, this journey that Christians around the world are about to begin this Wednesday as we make our way toward Easter, toward Holy Week, this commemoration of Jesus, your death and resurrection, your defeat of the powers of sin and death. What we were unable to do <laughs> when we've been tested, God, we, we have failed. But Lord Jesus, you have not failed you have managed to conquer sin and death and the devil for us so that our sins can be forgiven, so that we can be set free, so that we can enjoy a life that is good, a life that is lived with our Heavenly Father. Thank you, God. Thank you. Help us to trust in you. Thank you that we have this sacrament of Holy Communion that we get to celebrate uh, each and every week here. We we offer to you these gifts of bread and juice. And we pray that by your Spirit's presence here, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. You have provided for us, God, what we need, what we could not do for ourselves. (laughs) You have provided your Son love in the flesh, grace poured out, for us in our time of need. We remember, Lord Jesus, that you took bread and broke it and gave it to your disciples and said, eat this, this is my body broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. You took the cup and you gave it to them and said, drink this. This is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. You said this seals the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. When we eat, when we drink, we should do this in remembrance of you. So we do remember, Lord Jesus, the great love that you have shown us, holding nothing back but joining us in our wilderness, joining us in the the ugliness of our sin, joining us in the death that it brings so that we might experience your life. Today, we offer you ourselves confessing our need of your grace, of your forgiveness, of your mercy. We need you to heal our hearts. We need you to to change our minds. We need your Holy Spirit to wash us clean, to transform us into the people you created us to be. Thank you, God. Thank you that you do this for ordinary, messed up people like us, that you meet us here so that we can experience this forgiveness and this freedom, so that we can have this new life. Thank you, God. We are looking forward to all you are going to do in us in the days to come as we trust and follow you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, the musicians are going to come and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together. Uh, I'll be here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice, and uh, as we sing, uh, you're going to be invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice, and eat it, and then return to your seats. This is open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today, all of us who are hungry for his grace. Uh, we've got the regular bread and the gluten-free wafers, and, and we've got the little cups, too, that you can take back and, and peel back the top to get to the bread and peel it again, get to the juice. Um, or if you don't want to get so close to all of us uh, as coming forward in the procession, we've got those on the tables too, and you can celebrate right there. So, uh, let's, uh, let's sing. Let's celebrate. Let's give thanks to God for the grace he has shown us in his son, Jesus Christ. grace you have shown us in your son Jesus Christ it truly is worth any any sacrifice whatever the journey has uh, in front of us it is worth it to continue to trust and to follow you please continue fill us with the spirit of Christ so that as we go as we live this life we might live as people filled with your spirit, people who are filled with your love and grace, who are ready to share that with the people around us, that we might live as the body of Christ given for the world. Thank you, God. Thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to bless you in just a second, but I'm hoping you don't leave because we've got this uh, meeting It's going to start just like 30 seconds after this, okay? So... Um, my my prayer is that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will be with you all. Amen. Amen. Oh. We're gonna, we're gonna leave the cameras running so the people online can join us for this meeting in just a second. Can I serve you guys? We got some volunteers that are handing out some uh, little, little oh I would like one of each of those too if I if I could. So there's a there's a there's a budget and then there's a there's a ballot. So Thanks. There's a budget and there's a ballot. We'll, we'll, we'll give you like a minute. There's some other people coming in. We want to make sure everybody gets in here before we kick this thing off. You know, we're going to at least wait another minute because I see some people coming. So, so everybody got one of these, or sorry, two of these pieces of paper. There should be one that says a budget and one that says a ballot on it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I think we might need a couple more right here for, I don't know which one they need or if they've got them both, but. All right, so let's look at the ballot first, and then we'll look at some of the other stuff, because that way you guys can go ahead and take a minute to, to fill that out. Every year we have the opportunity, uh, as part of the Church of Nazarene, I don't just run the church, all right? There's a church board, lay people, folks, folks who aren't pastors, who, uh, who officially run the church and set the budget, and they're the ones that, if I started to go off the deep end and preach something crazy, they would uh, be the ones to say, uh, <clears throat> we have to have a talk. And... Uh, and they've got the help of a district superintendent who oversees Northwest Indiana. Uh, They could call Dave and he would come in and and help have that talk. Uh, Or if I were to get hit by a bus or something like that and you had to find a new pastor, uh, then uh, the church board would lead that process with the district superintendent. And uh, so these are the folks that kind of help make sure that we're still moving in the right direction, that we're staying true to the mission of helping people connect with God and with each other and world in need of God's love, making sure we're sticking to the Bible and all the rest. and so, uh, so you can see here, you've got uh, six folks nominated for the coming year, and what we've done since we started, actually, instead of trying to find a dozen people and saying vote for six, we find the six that we think uh, would be best suited to lead us through this next chapter and just ask you to say yes or no. Uh, we got permission to do it this way, and perhaps in the future, we'll have enough of you that we say, like, you know what, there's like 12 great people, and let's, let's pick six. But uh, right now, we're doing it this way. So you've got, you got listed there... Uh, Uh, Doug Anderson, Deanna Bono, Crystal Hysaw, Howard Hurley, Greg Kunze, and Katie Lawrence, and the first four it just happened, they're in alphabetical order, but it just happens that the first four are returning board members who have served for the last year, and Greg and Katie uh, are ones that would be new for this coming year. So I would ask you to just go ahead and check yes or no next to each of those names. If you think, yep, they'd be a good board member, or no, I don't think think I'd like them to be on the board. And then... um, And then there's a question about the district assembly. Uh, We used to try to figure out, like, okay, who's available to go to district assembly in May? And we'd try to find somebody that would raise their hand and be willing. And uh, instead of trying to do that during this meeting, we realized, oh, you guys can delegate that to the board and let the board find somebody that's able and willing to go to district assembly. That's something that happens every year where folks, churches from across Northwest Indiana get together to do church business type stuff. And so this is just a question may the church board select the delegate to represent us at District Assembly in Portage this year. Um, it's just up the road, May 2nd and 3rd. I'll be sure to get details about it to you if you wanna go and participate in any part of that. Um, but just, you can say yes or no, like, yep, I'm okay with the church board selecting that person, or nope, I really don't like this, and, and we should select them uh, ourselves. And we, if, if you guys all say no, then we'll call another meeting and we'll, we'll vote for a delegate. But, so far, you guys have been happy to, to have us do that. Um, but that's one of those things that, like, if over a couple of years we see, oh, there's more and more people saying, no, we don't like that, well, we'd change it. You know, it's not like, uh, it's not like we're determined to have to do it this way. This is just the way that's that seemed to work the last few years. And at the bottom is just a question about membership, because we do want to hear from everyone, but legally we're only supposed to count the ballots from folks who have actually committed to being members here at Living Hope. So if you have gone through Living Hope 101 and have committed to membership here, just check, yep. That's, that's me, or no, I haven't been through that membership class yet, but, you know, we're still, we still would love your input, so, all right, so you can do that anytime here, and uh, when you're done, you can just, like, on your way out, you could leave them in the back there, I suppose, um, or someone can come around and make sure you, you're done with them, but, um, but I just wanted to share that first, so you guys had time to, to be looking at that uh, while we talk through other things. Uh, the other piece of paper it's got the budget on it for the coming year. You can see how much we plan to spend on uh, payroll and uh, other expenses, mortgage, utilities, all the different stuff that goes into the church. And then the bottom section is things that we send to uh, to various Nazarene missions like the World Evangelism Fund and uh, Northwest Indiana District Ministries and scholarships to Olivet and uh, Pensions and Benefits mostly is to help folks uh, who are already retired missionaries, retired pastors, and a tiny little bit of it goes in and, and helps me as well. But uh, but most of that is to help folks who are already uh, retired today um, to make sure that we care for those who have given their lives to, to service. So um, this is a little bit more than last year, largely because we know we're going to be doing some things that cost money in this room. There's a little bit of increase in the staff expense, um, but then there's something that we're gonna be doing in here that I wanted to let you know about. Anybody anybody curious why there are nets hanging from the thing over there? Yeah, a few of you are like, yeah, I saw that a couple weeks ago. What, what's that all about? So uh, Jason Thomas, our youth director, uh, and the teens have been talking for a while about what are some things they could do to help connect with uh, with other teenagers here in the, in the community, uh, something that would be fun. And they're looking at this room and they're like, man, this used to be a gym back in the day. I wonder if there's something we could do in here. But they don't wanna do stuff in here that like, uh, so they decided they're going to do some like Nerf stuff and it's like soft things, you know, those foam things, a variety of things, not Nerf. As, uh, yeah, NARF is what they're calling it, I think, to avoid uh, trademark stuff or whatever. But. And then it stands for something they came up with, I don't remember. But anyway, but they still, they don't want to be throwing Nerf footballs around and having it hit like, you know, drum or, or uh, TV or, you know, soundboard. And so what they did, if you look at the ceiling, they have run cables all along right there and along the back. And there are going to be nets that when it's time for them to do their fun stuff, they're just going to pull the nets and move all these tables and chairs out of the middle, and they'll have a nice big arena here for their, uh, their Nerf sport stuff. And then they'll, when they're done with that, they pull the nets back to the sides and put all the tables and chairs back. So I think Wednesday nights is when they're going to be doing that. And are you still hoping to do that for the first time this Wednesday? Do you think you'll have all the nets up by then? Well, I will have the nets up, but Wednesday, I feel like maybe I'm killing the mood. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so we'll see, we'll see. All right, and speaking of Ash Wednesday, we have not traditionally held an Ash Wednesday service here at the church. Uh, There are churches that do that beautifully and have traditions of Ash Wednesday uh, that if you would like to join some of our Lutheran or Methodist or Roman Catholic brothers and sisters and other churches, you could do that. Or if you'd like, you could come here Wednesday night, 6 o'clock. We already have a Bible study discussion group, and we will be kind of uh, focused in on the the Ash Wednesday uh, stuff for that. So if you would like to come wednesday night at six o'clock for it's not exactly going to be an ash wednesday service but there'll be an ash wednesday portion and then there'll still be discussion and and all of that so if you'd like that's happening wednesday night um so yeah so that is going to be going on sometime in the near future you'll see more nets and on sundays they'll just be all against the wall and uh and the tables and chairs will you know it won't look too different some stuff will look different up here Uh, we've realized that like there are things that we would like to be able to show you like from the mission field and other places where it's different languages and things are subtitled and we can't really do that very well with these TVs because they're just a little too small for that unless you're sitting right in the front row you could read it but if you're sitting anywhere past the very front you can't really read the subtitles on any of those videos and so we're going to have get something bigger for up here Uh, probably a projector when we started the church that's what we had had a projector and Actually, when we started, we just put it up on the wall at the Aberdeen Manor, and then eventually we, we upgraded and got a screen to show it on. And, um, and so we're going to go kind of back to the future, we think. And uh, it, the room's not big enough to do like a whole LED wall, all right? So we're, not, we're not, probably not going to get fancy enough for that. Um, but we're probably going to have a projector so we can have a nice big image. We're going to move the cross to another spot and move things around. We might end up painting this whole front wall black because it will help that a lot better, which will then also hide the nets and hide all the other stuff around the edges and whatnot. So things will look a little different, but we're not planning, just so you know, we're not planning to like black out all the windows and paint It's not going to turn into a dark kind of a thing. You know, there are churches that do that and it can be beautiful and, and nice. We just kind of like having some light in the room, all right? So, uh, but things will look different over the coming weeks. Sometime you're going to come in, and it's probably going to be like half painted, all right? And that's, you're going to know why. Uh, or sometimes there's going to be things off the wall and not quite put together yet, and that's, that's why. So Because we're moving in a direction that can have a bigger screen so that we can all see. And so we can enjoy some, like a couple of weeks ago, uh, Greg Arthur was here, uh, pastor from Chesterton, and he was talking about Free the Girls and the work they do around the world. He would sent me four different videos to choose from that we could play during the service. Three of them we just couldn't use because they had subtitled the women who were talking. And, uh, and we knew, well, we can't, you won't be able to read the subtitles so, we, we used the one that we could where they had done a voiceover, and we knew that you'd be able to follow along. So, we just don't want to be limited like that in the future. So, uh, so we are that's where the budget is a little bit higher this year because we know we're going to spend some money that you guys have already given, money that's in the bank, money that we've saved, uh, to, to do some of that. Um, so, if you, uh, I think last year our budget was closer to 195 maybe total, and this year it's up at 225. Um, you know, there's some of that is just various ministries we're realizing, hey, we're spending a little more, and, and some of it we're um, you know, spending a little bit more on, on payroll and staff, but then uh, a, the bulk of the increase is from work we're going to do in here. All right. <clears throat> Man, we're running out of time. It's already 20 after. Um, there are fun things coming. Uh, we've, been, we've been trying to think of different ways that we can connect with the community and, and use the resource of this building for those kinds of things. You know, this last year we did something we'd never done before on World AIDS Day, December 1st. There was a gospel explosion happening here. That was all kinds of fun. Uh, some of our brothers and sisters from Lake County uh, led that, and um, it was like uh, black gospel you know, themed kind of a thing. And it was, it was all kinds of cool. Um, we've had over the years, we've had other different groups have used this. One thing the church board just this last week said yes to was, uh, was a recovery cafe that will be here twice a week starting out. And, uh, and that's going to be for people recovering from any sort of thing. Could be recovering from addictions, could be recovering from grief, uh, recovering all, all sorts of different things uh, that will meet here like Wednesdays during the day and I think Friday nights is the plan. And can you just wave, Sam, Sam Burgett over there uh, is sitting in the corner. She's uh, kind of spearheading that. So that will be a great way for this building to get used at times when it's not being used for anything else, just sitting here empty. Uh, I just mentioned a week from now, we're going to have for a week, Family Promise is going to be here and sheltering a family with kids. And so Sunday night through Saturday night, we'll have them here sleeping probably in like the preschool room or something, Um, some room where they can have beds set up and and just stay put all week in the evenings. And then during the day, they'll go on to, the kids will go to school, the parents will go to work or they'll go to, they've got a day center. But there are other things that we've been giving away a whole bunch of bikes this last year, partnering with a group that gave away bicycles uh, in the parking lot. That's going to start up again this this uh, spring, and um, and there are several other things that will be going on. But um, it's kind of an exciting time to be a part of this church. Frankly, uh, I think so. Um, Jason's got some ideas and some plans for doing some stuff with teens that I'm excited to see how those how those turn out. And uh, we've got some exciting opportunities to keep connecting with folks in our community uh, to meet some real needs, you know, that folks have. So does anybody have? Since we're running out of time. Uh, does anybody have questions or anything that you'd like to ask about the church or how things are going or what's coming up? In the meantime, Katie, were you just saying like, hey, should we collect these? Is that what you were saying? Yeah. If you're done with that little ballot, just wave it and, and, uh, and somebody will come and get it from you. Um, all right, cool. We'll have all those counted up this afternoon and we'll, we'll have something. Uh, I don't know. We'll, I don't know if we'll put it on a Facebook or something. At the very least, you'll find out next Sunday how the, how the things went with the vote. But anybody, while they're doing that, anybody have questions or anything you wanted to ask or say? I love being the pastor of this church. It's been twenty-one good years so far. Uh, looking forward to several more. Looking forward to being able to uh, come out of the pandemic fully, hopefully soon. And you know, some of you already are like sitting uncomfortably close to people that you not not used to doing that. But, uh, all right. Everybody get those turned in already? Is anybody still working on one or anything? Okay. All right. Well, let me, let me pray for us, and then we're going to have to skedaddle because we've got another service starting in about five minutes, and some folks have already come in for it, and are like, what on earth did I just walk into? It's a little annual church business meeting we do between the services. So let me pray for us, and then we can, we can run. Thanks, God. Thank you for the work that you're doing around the world and the work you're doing right here in Valparaiso through Living Hope and through so many other churches. Uh, God, we are so thrilled to be a part of your good work uh, thank you for the, the men and women, the boys, the girls, all the people who have uh, have called this place home, who invest their their energy, their resources, their gifts uh, into serving people, loving loving neighbors. God, we want to love you with all that we are, and we want to love our neighbors as ourselves. So help us to, to continue doing that well in this coming year. And God, I thank you uh, for all of those who were part of this little thing today. Uh, God, I pray that you would help us to continue to bless our neighbors um, like we were talking about a month ago. Help us to continue to bless our neighbors uh, today and in the days to come. You are good to us, God, and we are so grateful. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks. There's a whole bunch of you that were here at 9, and now you're going to skeet Adela and all the other folks who are here for 1030, and we are like, whoa, whoa. This... I've got a place I can sit now. I can spread out.